Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 28. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. This particular story, I felt so led to read to you again. It's taken on new meaning uh, in the last uh, week or two. So uh, it was good. And you know what? It's good to be reminded of uh, anything that's going to encourage you. Um, Paul said, I remind you of these things, and it's good for you to be reminded. So um, just bear with me if you've heard it before. Uh, Just bear with me. Once upon a time, the devil wanted to clear out some old tools, so he had a garage sale. After he set everything up, a guy dropped by to see what he had, a long table full of tools, and each had a price tag. At one end of the table was an instrument labeled Anger, $250. Next to it was a curved tool labeled Sloth, $380. The next man looked around and found Criticism, $500, and Jealousy, $630. The man saw a beat-up tool with a price tag of $12,000. Curious, the man asked, why would he offer a worn-out piece of junk for such an exorbitant price? The devil said it was expensive because he used it so much. What is it, the man asked. The devil said, discouragement. It always works when nothing else will. That's true. If you've been with us, you know that David is very discouraged right now. He's in a state of spiritual fatigue in a place called Ziklag. Um, If you've been um, with us, it's been a couple of weeks, so let's do a a little review. Uh, There's an all-points bulletin out on David's life by Saul. David has been running from Saul for approximately 10 years. Get that. From Nob to Gath, from Gath to hiding in the cave of Adullam, from the cave of Adullam to the forest of Hereth, from Hereth to Keilah, from Keilah to the wilderness of Ziph, from the wilderness of Ziph to the caves of En Gedi in chapter 24. And in chapter 25, Samuel dies. David doesn't attend the funeral for fear of Saul. Chapter 26, Saul and 3,000 of his men encamped in the hill of Helkalah. Are you listening? It's a long day. Saul and his commander, Abner, take a nap. And David and Abishai sneak up on Saul, and they take Saul's spear and a jug of water. And again, David would not touch the Lord's anointed. Remember, Saul was in a cave, and David could cut his robe. David had the opportunity to kill him, but he said, I'm not going to touch the Lord's anointed. Well, here again, Saul is like knocked out sleep, and his commander... Abner is right there asleep, and they have their spear and the sword right there. David didn't want to touch the Lord's anointed, so he took the spear and he took the sword and 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 he used it to let Saul know 
I'm not trying to kill you. I'm not trying to hurt you. Well, chapter 27, David has grown weary. He's exhausted. He's tired. Uh, in fact, when you get tired, you know, you get tired, you get exhausted. That can lead to discouragement, dep- despair, and depression. Well, chapter 27, David's faith is faltering as he packed up and moved to the Philistine city of Gath. You remember in chapter 21, David is running from Saul and he goes to Gath and the people recognize David. You remember that? The people recognize David and they said, "Um, aren't you that guy with the number one hit song? Um, Saul has killed his thousands, but David is ten thousands. Aren't you that guy? And David started drooling at the mouth and acting like a crazy man and he drooled his way out of the city. And again, when people get discouraged and defeated, they do strange things. Well, namely, they get carnal. Thought about that on Sunday, didn't we? They get carnal and they run right back to the world for comfort. David is running to the enemy for refuge. When David gets to Gath, listen, saints, Saul stopped chasing him, and now David can rest. But listen, that's not a good thing because David is out of the will of God. David is in the place of compromise. That's going to leave him in a worse place because now David has to submit to the Philistines, and they are hard, and they are brutal, and they don't care about you. Look uh, look at chapter 27 in verse 5. Look at chapter 27 in verse 5. David says in verse 5, King, if we don't stay in the royal city, is there a smaller city we could stay in? Now, keep in mind, David has 600 men who are distressed and in debt and discontent, and they have wives, they have children, they've got uh, dogs and cats and goldfish. It's a big company. So Achish gave David the city of Ziklag. Ziklag is outside the city, but more importantly, saints, listen, you want to write something down? Write this down. Ziklag is outside the city, but more importantly, it is outside the will of God. Outside the will of God. David is outside of Israel. It's outside of the land of promise, but David has had it. He's weary and he just wants to rest. The thing that I want you to take away from this section is Ziklag. Write this down, please. Ziklag represents a lack of trust in God. This is a huge mistake for David. David is infecting his people. When he goes to Ziklag, are you listening? When he goes to Ziklag, he's infecting the people with mixture. I told you a long time ago, God hates mixture. God hates mixture. You mean blacks and whites? Nope. Say amen. Amen. Biracial folk? Say amen. amen. No. God hates mixture with ungodly people and godly people. People who know God and people who don't know God. David takes all of these people, 600 discontent, distressed, and in-debt men, their wives, their children, the doll, the cat, the goldfish. He takes them to Ziklag, which is a Philistine city, and he infects the people with mixture. David is disobeying the word of God and he feels secure in Ziklag, but it's a false security. Listen, this is a really dark time in David's life. 
This is a really low point, and yet even still, God is showing David grace. Somebody say amen. Because even in the low point, David's army is growing and getting stronger. First Chronicles 12, 1 and 2 tells us that the men of the tribe of Benjamin, they come to Ziklag and they join up with David's army. The Bible tells us, arm them with bows and javelins and those who are ambidextrous, who could throw stones with their left hand and their right hand, begin to join David's army. So even in David's false security, disobedience to God, out of God's will, in a place of compromise, God shows mercy. Because this is the God we serve. We serve a merciful, long-suffering, gracious, patient, loving, all-powerful God. And he's showing David grace when David is really, really in a bad place. Now, remember I told you it's in the place of compromise. Interesting, during that period of compromise that, by the way, lasted 16 months, there's no record. I find this interesting. I pointed out before that there is no record of any Psalms being written during this 16 months of David being in Ziklag. Isn't that interesting? Why? Because when you're in a place of compromise, when you're in a place of disobedience, you ain't writing songs. When you're in a place of disobedience, your heart's not toward God. Actually, your heart is away from God. You don't need to say amen. I know I'm right about it. Your heart is away from God. Your heart's not toward God. So David hasn't written any psalms in 16 months. He's out of fellowship with God. F.B. Meyer said the sweet singer was mute. I like that. The sweet singer was mute. When you're out of fellowship, you start leading the double life like David. Well, chapter 27, look at about verse 8. David had attacked and slaughtered the Gergesites, the Gersites, the Amalekites, men, women, children. He left no one alive. Listen, this is not like David at all. Very cruel and probably dealing with his conscience because he's in a place that he shouldn't be. Keep in mind, he's killing the enemies of Israel, but he's telling Achish that he's killing the people of southern Judah. Achish is thinking this is great. Now, if you were with us last time, we left off at chapter 28, verse 2. Y'all remember? Were you with me last time? Just show of hands. Let's see who I'm talking to. Okay, then you do remember that we left off in chapter 2 of 28. We're going to pick up in verse 1 of chapter 28, and then we're going to continue. I've titled this sermon, From Seance to Sermon. From Seance to the Sermon. Look at First Samuel chapter 28. We pick up in verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, say amen. amen. Thank you. Now what happened? In those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for war to fight with Israel. And Achish said to David, you assuredly know that you will go out with me to battle, you and your men. And David said to Achish, surely you know what your servant can do. And Achish said to David, therefore I will make you one of my chief guardians forever. Let's read a good chunk of this, then we're going to come back and talk. Now in verse 3, Samuel had died. And all of Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And, Sa- and Saul had put mediums and the spirits out of the land. Good thing. 
Then the Philistines gathered together and came and, and camped at Shuman. So Saul gathered all of Israel together and they encamped in Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was what, saints? And his heart was trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, look at this, y'all, and the Lord did not answer either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. Well, then Saul said to himself, I'll take matters in my own hands. Find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and he put on other clothes and he went and two men with him and they came to the woman by night. And he said, please conduct the seance for me and bring up for me the one that I shall name to you. And the woman said to him, look, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spirits from the land. Why do you then lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? Or in other words, why are you trying to set me up? And Saul swore to her by the Lord. This is hilarious. You're swearing by the Lord to an evil person. I've been trying to wrap that around my head all day long. It doesn't compute. Saul swore to her by the Lord saying, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. And the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring Saul for me. I was just checking to see if y'all were looking. <laughs> see, I'm good at this, y'all. I recovered. That's how, it's about recovery. Everything's about recovery. You know what I mean? Ain't how many mistakes you make is how many you recover. Y'all like that, right? Write that down. Recover. Well, when the woman saw Samuel... She cried out with a loud voice, and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, What is a form? And she said, it's an old man. He's coming up and he's covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and he bowed down. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Achish, let's go back to verse one. Achish looks over at David and says, we're going to battle against the Philistines and you're going to be right by my side. As a matter of fact, I'm making you my personal bodyguard. And David said, well, we'll see what I can do when we get out there. And David said that because David knows that he's not in the will of God. And when you're not in, the, listen to me, when you're not in the will of God, you find yourself in a pickle. You ain't heard that word in a long time, have you? You find yourself in a pickle. And David is in a pickle now because the, he's now the personal bodyguard of the king in a war against his own people. Well, verse 3 sets the context for the rest of the evening. Samuel was dead and Israel mourned the death of Samuel. The word lamented or mourned means convulsing. Write that in your margins. Convulsing or weeping out loud. Why? Why did they weep out loud? 
because Samuel was a great man of God. Samuel's whole life was serving God. Samuel was the last of the judges and the first of the prophets. Samuel was the bridge between the judges and the kings. Samuel represents the office of all prophets. So Samuel is dead and buried in Ramah. Now, no doubt, before he died, listen to me, stay with me, saints. Before he died, he told Saul to put all the wicked people out of the land. Verse 3 Saul put the mediums and the spirits out of the land. Now listen, the Philistines were happy that Saul was dead because they were afraid of, pardon me, Samuel. Amen. Y'all pray for me. The Philistines were happy that, who's dead? That's right. Because they were afraid of who? That's right. Because who was a man of God? That's right. Who had contact with God? That's right. Side note. The enemy is always afraid when you have a close contact with God. That's why you can't be carnal. I keep wanting to go back there all night long. I felt like I wanted to write another sermon about carnality, but we can't. We have to move on. That's why you can't be carnal, because the enemy knows that when you have a close connection with God, that you are a prayer warrior. Are y'all listening? That, that, that you actually do read your Bible other than when you come to church. I ain't talking to nobody. That you actually do Spend time sitting and praying and seeking the Lord. You know, you have to make an effort to do that in this culture. Don't you? I have to. Everybody has to. You, you, you come in your office and stuff starts ringing. Phone's ringing. Email's ringing. Facebook is ringing. You got to go in and, the, and turn off them notifications because the thing is bing, 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 bing. I don't want to be notified. Where y'all at? I don't want to be notified. Just because you looked at my picture, I got to be notified. I want to be notified because you looked at my picture. Look on. That's what I put it out there for. I was thinking about that the other day. I thought, that's a stupid, like, app. That's a stupid function. Like, tell me somebody's looking at my picture. So I'm supposed to go, keep looking. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this information? You've got to make a conscious effort to spend time with God. You've got to make a conscious effort. You know what I do? I, I come in and I sit down at my desk, um, maybe do a few things, but when it's time for me to do devotion and sit with the Lord, I do not sit at my desk. I go around my desk and sit at my little rocking chair that I bought for $35 at a garage sale. I love that rocking chair. That rocking chair fits me perfectly. (laughs) 
fits me perfect. I just sink it and I just sit there and just rock because you got to come from behind that desk because Satan will use that to distract you from the Lord and enough of that. And now you're weak in the Lord. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And now you now now you now you know threat to the enemy. But when you start reading your Bible and you start praying and you start getting in contact with God, well, now you're a threat to the enemy. And now you can expect some serious, harsh spiritual warfare. Everything will go wrong. And that's when you know that you're doing the right thing. That's when you know you're on track. When if the enemy's not bothering you, you are off track. That's right. If the enemy's not bothering you, something's wrong. You need to check in. Because if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing as a believer, the enemy's going to constantly ride you. And it gets more severe as you get up in ministry. Samuel was close to God. Samuel was in contact with God. I think of 1 Samuel chapter 7. Don't y'all remember we went through 1 Samuel chapter 7? The Philistines came to fight at Mitzvah. And I told you that Israel were worshipers, not warriors. And the Philistines brought cannons and M16s and Glocks to the fight. And Israel, and Israel, you know what Israel brought to the fight? You know what Israel brought to the fight? You all love this. Watch this. A lamb. A lamb? They got M16s, Glocks, and cannons, and y'all got a lamb? This is what you're going to fight with? Yep. Because you know what Samuel did? First Samuel chapter 7, read it in your own time. You know what Samuel did? Samuel took that lamb and he offered it before the Lord. Why? Because Samuel understood acceptable prayer is based on the blood acceptable prayers based on the blood. And the only way to be effectively praying is through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the only way to get in right relationship with God is through the blood of Jesus Christ. The only way for you to overcome and get victory in your life is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 tells us, and they overcame by the what? And the word of their testimony. That's how we overcome. And Samuel understood that. So get the scene. The Philistines drew near, drew near, and Israel is freaking out. Samuel was cool as a cucumber. Samuel just walks away with the lamb. Israel's trembling. Samuel is praying. The Lord is listening. Samuel took the lamb, offered it to God as a burnt offering, and all of a sudden the Philistines hear loud thunder, and the earth shook. And the Bible tells us the Philistines, love this word, was disconfitted. Love that word, disconfitted, and it means confused. Confused. They were confused. Strange stuff happened when Samuel was around. So the Philistines are glad he's dead, and they feel stronger because of it. Now, in 1 Samuel 25, it tells us that Samuel died. Remember that? 1 Samuel 25. This is the second time we're told that Samuel is dead. 1 Samuel 25 tells us that Samuel is dead. Um, it's mentioned here, again, I think, to make a point that there was a spiritual vacuum when Samuel died in the nation of Israel because Samuel kept stuff 
godly. Samuel kept things godly, but when he died, there was a spiritual vacuum. There's a spiritual death, if you will. And can I tell you something? Listen, in every home, dad, in every church, in every nation, there has to be an individual that keeps things godly and keeps things on course. Otherwise, you fall off course, and that's what happened to Israel. When Samuel died, there was a spiritual hole in the nation of Israel. Now look at verse 3 in our Bibles, in the text. 1 Samuel 28, look at verse 3. It tells us that Saul put the mediums and the spirits out of the land. The Bible has a lot to say about mediums, psychics. Y'all know where I'm going. Mediums, psychics. God has a lot to say about psychics and mediums and Ouija boards and tarot cards and evil people and psychic ladies and things. I think of uh, there was a, a show on TV about this site recently, recently. This stuff never goes away. It always just comes back new. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.